0: Test Tour of South Africa Late Mail on today's Splash. It's Thursday the 1st of March It's time for your daily dose of Sporting Agenda.
1: Your audio edition of the Fox Sports homepage The Splash with your host Phil Pryor
0: Thank you for tuning in Uh, Also joined straight off the top by uh, Fox Sports' Digital Cricket
1: lead journalist, Joe
0: Barton. Welcome to The Splash, mate.
1: Thanks for having me. I'm very excited. Big day. Uh, first day of the Test Series. Exactly. So really and you
0: you were uh, ignored by the, the Fox uh, Cricket podcast team the other
1: day, so... We needed to get your tips I at hope, some point. I, I had a very enjoyable day off, so uh, <laughs> I, I let let the, the, the main gang step in and uh, do, did a fantastic job on the, on the podcast. I, I thought, thought they had a lot of fun.
0: I thought they did too. Definitely worth uh, tuning into that one before the the series kicks off, but uh, you're here in case anyone out there doesn't necessarily have half an hour up their sleeve before it starts and they just want a quick 10 minutes of um, the, the subplots and the stories that... Uh, that are happening in the build-up to the first ball, which will be this evening Australian time. Um, live exclusive on Fox Sports. Exactly, exactly, and and we'll get to to some of those talking points in a moment. But you were just telling me on the walk down to the the podcast bunker that uh, you just got a, a little video up on the on the website, which uh, you think might go okay for cricketing fans out there.
1: It's it's a good one to watch. It's um it's this video which has kind of gone viral. Um, somebody tweeted it's like a minute video of this kid who looks no more than seven years old maybe maybe eight or nine i'm not sure but um left arm kid comes in beautiful unmistakable action along the lines of Wazam he's bowling at one stump and a concrete wall and um yeah he's basically swinging it back a foot and hitting the base of what would be off stump and it's pretty pretty impressive impressive accuracy skill swing pace and for a seven-year-old i think uh possibly in ten or so years that he might be sending some thunderbolts down at the toes of Australian batsmen.
0: I must admit you yeah, you showed me the video and uh it, it's spot on. Yeah, it it's, just looks like it looks on. like
1: a mini Wazim. But and yeah. and Wazim has already responded um on Twitter along the lines of who is this kid, we need to find him, he's got serious talent. <laughs> but um yeah, get That's him great. get him in the hands of, of the Sultan of Swing and perhaps uh Pakistan's found its next great fast bowler. And they do have a history of unearthing some pretty impressive fast bowling talents, obviously Shao uh, Bakhtar and, and Waka Yunus as well. So mm. <laughs> this could be the next kid, but we don't know who he is.
0: Yeah, yeah, righty-o. Uh Speaking of swing, that'll be one of the talking points coming up as well. There's, a, there's an article on the Fox Sports website um, outlining Mitchell Stark's uh, swing plan. Uh, but before we get to some of those talking points, uh, a few other headlines around the grounds... former teammates of Young Gun Moses Sooley have revealed why he was axed from the Bulldogs uh, following only moving over from West Tigers a matter of months ago now without a club uh, a sad story this one uh, Huddersfield midfielder Aaron Moy tops Fox Football's Socceroos power rankings ahead of Coach Bert Van Marwijk's first squad announcement next week For the full yarn, you know where to go. Uh, The Matildas, they've won 4-3 in thrilling circumstances against Norway in their Algarve Cup opener. Essendon will make the top eight, according to Fox Football journos Raleigh Beveridge and Tom Morris, for for every club's ladder range, predicted ladder range. uh, Head to the Fox Sports website as well. And finally... The Australian team has been announced, not the South African team yet, but Joe Barton, uh, it looks like the Aussies at least will be going in unchanged from the Ashes side that cruised to victory on home soil. Um, And what message is South Africa sending, taking some sting and pace out of this Durban deck, despite having a bowling attack clearly in the conversation for best in the world. What can we make of this?
1: Uh, well, I'm going to wait until we see the wicket uh, before I believe all of the chat and whether it is going to be um, a dead wicket or and that sort of thing.
0: Where's the chat coming from? Well, it's, ca- it, it's come, come from Steve some of... Steve Smith walking out to the middle and having a look?
1: Yeah, so, I mean, obviously the wicket can change um, up until kind of the morning of when they take the last layer of grass and that sort of thing off. Yeah. I think some of the chat has come from within the South African camp. I think Dean Elgar was saying Um, it looked a little bit slower than, than what, certainly what we'd seen in the India series where we had very spicy wickets and, Mm -hmm. um, some wickets that were considered dangerous. You you had uneven bounce and balls rearing up and basically very, very, very difficult batting conditions. Um, so it possibly won't be quite that bad. Um, but I don't think they're going to go full towards the other, the other way saying giving dead wickets because Mm -hmm. I think that almost plays into Australia's hands because, you look at um, who was most effective in that uh, South Africa-India series, and it was Vernon Philander, yeah. who's not express pace, and he, he's the kind of guy who makes the most of, of what you what is on offer in the wicket. If there's a little bit of seam movement, he'll get the nibble. He'll, yeah, he'll, yeah. he'll get it to just nibble away off the seam, picks up the edge, doesn't bowl express pace, so he doesn't blast batsmen out. He kind of outthinks them. He's just... Has that, um, has that soft touch. Yeah, yeah. And that's probably something that Australia doesn't really have in their... Well, certainly in the team that they've... Straight fire. Yeah, it's, it's guys... It's it's Pat Cummins and Stark and Hazlewood all, all tall, very fast. They all mm-hmm. ball 145-plus. They can blast you out. That's what they do in Australia when we typically will send out very flat wickets. Um, yeah. Back our batsmen to score four hundred and fifty plus, yeah. and then back our bowlers to blast them out. That's 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 what happens. Mm. I would be stunned if um, if if South Africa thinks that that's the the right approach to um to knocking Australia over off here, but. I mean, they've got an <laughs> they've got an exceptional bowling attack as well. So yeah, the the yeah. likes the likes of um Rabada, and and, and Goody have got the express pace. Yes, um that, that the Australians Rabata do. Rabada
0: is the number one ranked fast bowler in the world. I, I th- believe. I
1: think he's number two behind James Anderson, but um, okay. not by a great distance. Yeah, um, right. he's the number one under thirty. He's the on, number one in <laughs> this series. But yes, yeah, um, he's I think he's the number two ranked fast bowler in the world. And, yeah, um, extremely exciting prospects. Bowls express pace. He's, he's done it to Australia in Australia before. Um, yeah, he's, he's one of my favorite uh, one of my favorite talents in world cricket. And I'm really looking forward to seeing how not necessarily that they're going to have a head to head battle, but how he would go and how Pat Cummins would go because Pat Cummins is a little bit older, 24, but they've got similar uh, experience on the world stage. Obviously, with Pat having six odd years out with injury, so mm-hmm. they're they're kind of the two really exciting young fast bowling talents um, in this series, along along with Lungi and Giddy.
0: Yeah, Cummins would probably be a little bit cheesed off that uh, <laughs> that he's behind in the rankings. Um, you know, based uh, based off what we've seen of Cummins in the last year. But mm. um, a, a question um, for the more casual fans uh, out there that might not understand what it actually is about a pitch that isn't quite as fast or ferocious as uh, as how. Those decks were prepared for the series with India. What is it about it? Are they leaving more grass on, or removing more? Um, can you offer any insight there?
1: I think it is definitely leaving more grass on is is the big part of it. I think. Um, I mean, I don't know the the technical side of it, but that, that when when you have um, wickets which got a little bit of extra grass, it picks up um, when when the ball when the seam hits the ground the grass and it can jag left and right because yep. it, grips, it grips a little bit more. Yeah. Um, yep. and that's where you get... So obviously you're always going to have, depending on over, overhead conditions, you can, you're going to have the ability to swing the ball um, and you can take the wicket out of the equation there. If you're like Mike Mitchell Stark bowled um, in 2016 in Sri Lanka, Yeah, um, we had faced not necessarily dead wickets, but wickets that were taking turn rather than um, a lot of seam movement or bounce or that sort of thing. And so if you have the overhead conditions, Mitchell Stark's still going to be able to Pitch it up, bowl 150 ks, and swing it into the right hander. Yeah. What What is gonna what we saw in um, the India series were wickets that had variable bounce, which comes from possibly poorly prepared wickets. If you're from looking from a batting perspective, because mm. you just want a flat deck that has no inconsistency in it. Yeah. But yeah. if you have slight slight inconsistencies, which can come down to how it's been rolled or how. It's been flattened, or how it's been, how the grass is growing. Whether it's been shaved down to x amount of millimeters, that's where that's where the bowlers can get their advantages from.
0: Okay, if it isn't as spicy, um, luckily there are reports that Mitchell Stark has um, really honed in on his swinging craft, um, and he appears to be having the ball doing some dancing over in South Africa at the moment. Um, What can we put that down to are there is is the ball that they'll be using in south africa i believe it is still a cricket ball but maybe <laughs> it maybe it will offer a, sorry a cricket a, a kookaburra yeah it's definitely a cricket ball yes yes that's true that's true um but does the does their version of the kookaburra have still more swinging? of a swing tendency than what we saw in australia over the summer which wasn't really much of a swinging ball
1: i don't think it necessarily has more of a uh, swinging tendency if it Possibly more the, the altitude conditions might be different in, in South Africa. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, Stark's always known how to swing the ball. We, we see it probably more in white ball cricket, where yeah. he, where he yeah. certainly in the early overs, even in Australia, he swings, he, he can swing it, you know, a foot, uh, he swings it a mile. Um, and definitely the, so the Sri Lanka series I referenced before, where he finished with 24 wickets at an average of 15. That was a series where he really just took the wickets out of the equation um, and he was blasting the Sri Lankan. Um, top order out with express pace and swing, yeah, yeah. and of course Australia's batsmen then uh, capitulated on on turning wickets, and we ended up losing the series three 0 But mm. Stark, Stark proved that um, you don't need to, or he doesn't need. To, a lot of other people might need to, but he doesn't need to have um, hugely advantageous conditions to to still succeed. And if if that's what's going to happen in this series, then he'll be bowling some some serious heat and. Um, you like to? You wouldn't like to be in the the, short, the South African top order, I don't imagine.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, look on the cricket podcast that was recorded a couple of days ago with uh, Tom Morris, Brett Jeeves, and uh, your colleague here uh, in Sydney, Jacob Karup. They all favoured the South African bowling attack. Uh, they gave them a slight edge over the Aussies because of where this Test series is being played. Mm. Fair enough. But they also gave the Aussie batting attack a slight edge over the South African batting attack. Do you agree with both of those tips and predictions fitting into the series?
1: That's very tricky. Um, look, I I really like the balance of the Australian attack. Um, it's only the the three essentially the three quicks and and Nathan Lyon, whereas mm-hmm. the Sri Lanka the uh, South African attack will be more likely four quicks. that they, they'll. Tend to go in with four quicks plus uh, Maharaj as, as the spinner. So, potentially, if you're looking at it from a five, five pronged thing, then Mitch Marsh should bring less to the table than Ngidi or Mornay Morkel or yeah, yeah. Rabada or um, Maharaj or any of these, any of the, the five that um, that South Africa is going to be throwing up to the table. So, mm. you're probably in depth and aggression, and especially if, if the conditions do suit Philander. We don't have a like for like bowler like Philander. Yes. in the 11 i mean chat yes. in the squad but in the 11 um so there's probably more variety in the in the south african attack so i possibly will will give them the edge yeah if i'm steve Smith's the best batsman in the series by by some margin um Abita Villas is is a monster but yeah. steve smith on the past two years you can't go past him so i assume that's how you would come out with australia on top but um you certainly can't discount South Africa's batting line up. Yeah. A B D really is. We we know what he can do. Um Faf has frustrated and tormented Australia yeah. in the past. Hashim Amla is uh is historically a rock uh, yeah. at number three. Yeah. Dean Elgar scored bucket loads of runs last year, so and Macram's uh, had coming coming off a, a fantastic uh start to his career, so Mack
0: the opener, and then Quinton de Kock, there really course, talented keeper He normally bats at six, but he's you know searching for some form. He, apparently, he's searching for some form, but yeah. he's
1: he's one of the most exciting keeper batsmen um, since Gilchrist. He's, yes. he's he's a special talent. So there's plenty of there's plenty of runs going there, and on, you look at the Australian middle order, and the Marsh boys really stood up um, in the Ashes. Both uh, had had probably breakthrough series, and mm. you'd think that they've cemented their spots, but with these two, they're only ever two or three bad tests away from, you know, um, the perception of them coming back. And, yes. And it's a tricky one, and if the ball's going to be moving around, that's when Australia tends to struggle. And I've got a few concerns over um, how the Australian middle order is going to stand up. Yeah. if they, I mean, I had the same concerns before the Ashes, so they mm. made me look a rightful <laughs> then. And, look, I'd love to see them do it again, but... Um, yeah, look if, if if Philander gets on a tear and Steve Smith gets an early wicket, then I think Australia's batting still doesn't have that kind of rock solid um, dependency that that it had, you know, 15 years ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, spe- and especially with Cameron Bancroft at the top of the order, still very much searching for form. Mm, mm. Um, and a few people were a little bit surprised that that he was backed in so heavily without the um without the backup. Option um, in the squad, yes. which I, I think we were going to talk about, Matt Renshaw, who's in mm. fine form. Um, he was excluded from the squad, and I, it was a big show of faith in in Cam Bancroft saying you are our, our guy because there's no other obvious option if he fails it's a, in the yeah, first it's two a,
0: tests. It's a clear strategy because on one hand you can take Renshaw over, and um, and that can be a little bit of a kick up the backside for Bancroft. Uh, you know, make keep him honest. Uh, and make sure that he knows exactly what he needs to do mm. in those first two tests. But uh, on the other side, they've, they've probably taken the other alternative, which is um, show all faith in yeah. Bancroft by um, by suggesting that his spot's not under pressure. Just go out there, feel comfortable, and play your game.
1: Yeah, they've given him a lot of support, which is admirable. And, um, I mean, he has, he's got plenty of runs on the board in shield cricket over the past two years. Yeah. Um, so we know he can. We know he can bat, and perhaps, or you know, perhaps this is the little tap on the, or hug around, uh, little hug or supportive yeah. hand on the shoulder that he needs to um, mm-hmm. to bring out his best form in in South Africa. But it's a pretty tough environment to to find your best form. Just going back to what you were asking before, whether I would pick the Australian batting lineup over the South African. I think I probably fought hard for the South African, but in the back of my mind, I'm sitting here going. There's every chance that Steve Smith's going to average 100 this series. So, look, I'll. I'll Warner,
0: he's had some success over there.
1: He has. Yeah, South Africa is a place where he typically, I mean, he's a, he's a player who doesn't really score great runs outside of Australia, except in South Africa. And yeah. he, he does. Similar wickets. Yeah. yeah. And so, you'd like to think if he can go big at the, at the top of the order, then um, that takes pressure off. Uh, some of the other guys and and you know Uzi, Uzi can score runs there as well. It's the sort of conditions which suit uh, which will suit him. Mm. So okay, I'm back. I'm back on. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm agreeing with the <laughs> I'm agreeing with the uh, the cricket podcast boys. And I'm going to go one one on that okay. on that front.
0: I did read that um, that the Aussie batsmen have been facing the Aussie bowlers in the nets, uh, and it was there was no holding back. I think Hazelwood uh, got Uzi on the on the helmet and Steve Smith. Uh, he was yeah facing a barrage from Cummins and and Stark and that's that's what I, I love to hear because uh, you know that uh, that they're, they're facing some of the best bowling attacks in the world South African batting lineup uh, undeniable talent but they have had uh, an injury interrupted lead up and preparation for this series and that's why I think we're seeing a predictions trend heading in that Australia might. Uh, take an early lead in the series, but then it'll see-saw. And, mm. and I think overall the the market still suggests that South Africa is favourite to take out the series. Do you agree with these trends that um, Australia has a good chance to get on top early in the series because of South Africa's um, you know sketchy preparation?
1: Possibly. Um, obviously, they're, they're going to be without Dale Steyn for at least the first two tests, I think. so. Yes. That's that. That is a blow, even though they have very uh, good depth in the fast polling, yes. which we've discussed a little bit. I think it's worth noting that Australia has not lost a Test series in South Africa since since 1970. So, wow, we do have any, this this incredible record. And of course, South Africa has won their past three series in Australia. So it's kind of mm. whoever is the touring party tends to um to lift. And there there is a very good strong rivalry between these two nations. Um. I don't think it's become too spiteful over the years, but it's a good rivalry, and they both teams definitely lift when they when they come up against each other yeah so I think that will play a part and perhaps the the home advantage is is over oversold mm. um when when these two countries come together because as as the stats show the the visiting team tends to um tends to erupt so mm. i think uh, i would I definitely wouldn't be surprised if Australia takes an early lead. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if South Africa comes back because they're a very, t- very talented team. But I've just got a feeling that Australia is riding a bit of a crest at the moment after the Ashes. And I've, I've got a feeling they're, they're high on confidence. And especially if Steve Smith can continue his uh, Bradman-esque performances, then I think Australia could be slight favourites for the series. Um but come to me in, uh, in a week's time. And <laughs> if Australia's been pants in the first, first test, then yeah. I'll quickly re- review my uh, predictions.
0: And finally, Joe Barton, uh, digital lead uh, for cricket on the Fox Sports website. How can cricketing fans take advantage of foxsports.com.au uh, to stay up to date throughout the series?
1: Well, we'll, we'll be live blogging uh, each and every ball of the, the test series. So yeah. coverage starts at 7 pm um we'll be we'll be in a little bit before that to to mop up the start of play um we've got a comprehensive match center where you can keep uh keep up to date with the live blog videos which come out um scorecards all that sort of thing yeah and we'll be doing breakout stories throughout the test and analysis um yeah, it's going to be pretty comprehensive coverage as nice. as you expect, and goes right through. Obviously, the play goes right through to the early hours of the morning. So, yep. if you can't stay up for that, I know there's uh, there's some people who have full time jobs and <laughs> like to uh, like to be awake when their alarm goes off at six a.m. But if that's the case, then head to head to foxsports.com.au and we'll have uh, match wrap ups, all the analysis you could ask for, and video and uh, a bit of humour in there too. Why not? Perfect, Joe
0: Barton. Thank you very much for joining today's Splash. Thanks for having me. Uh, Of course, head to the Fox Sports website to stay up to date right throughout the South Africa series. Uh, That'll do us today. That's a wrap.